up, Coof? Hey, hey. Feeling good. <laughs> I found it. Oh, great. I knew. Four finger ring? She hit one of them gold right. ropes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was right. around. <laughs> so you're back on the road. Back on the road. It's um how long has this tour been going on? There's spring well, and now it's summer and Yeah, so it's funny. We always talk about how like um it, you name different tours, you know, <laughs> like the hypnagogia yeah. tour, the positive light tour, the what but we're consistently on the road so it's like i mean i guess it's good for you know promoting it and advertising it that that there's all these different but it's like one consistent (laughs) yeah it doesn't stop yeah and the entire time you're making new music and recording and promoting and it doesn't stop is there it's a cycle so but it's each of you individually yeah so i mean we're a duo but we we don't have a duo name. It's Kuv Nats and Christina Lee's. Um, yeah, and and that uh, idea or thought was completely Christine's, um, and it makes a lot of sense. And so I'm like, yeah, let's 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 roll with it. There's positives and negatives. So the positive is you both already have your brands, and you can keep all of the momentum that you have behind yep. that. Yeah. The negative is. There's an opportunity for something new. Yeah. Right? Where they're like well, brand new. Well, yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, the only thing that 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 we come across people is like, well, well, how do I what's like how do I find the, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's like, that's a long name, Kufnots. It's like, well, you go to Kufnots.com and that's the hub for everything. Right. Yeah, right. So. Well, it happened to me today. I wanted to tag you guys. I yeah, was yeah, while I was yeah, out like, at the show. <laughs> I tagged Kufnots. I didn't uh, you know, I could have tagged both. But I just picked the first one. So it could have just been at yep, yep, Harp yep. Life or there you um, go. Harp and Sun. Or, yeah, I, I mean, we could come mm-hmm. up with something. 100%. Um, Koof and Harp. <laughs> or Harp and Koof. Or, um, anyway, <laughs> the show was fun. I, I, um, I really liked how you started with the meditation. Oh. That would be something that would be cool to do, too. But. I feel like it's kind of ripping off of one of my favorite podcasts, the Rick Rubin podcast. He does that a lot. Oh, oh does he start and with the uh, meditation? He did on on one of the episodes I was yeah. listening to recently, which was really, I thought, very cool. The one with Will Smith, which is probably a good idea. <laughs> Maybe you just didn't yeah, want to get yeah. smacked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all settle down. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So... Excellent. So, but yeah, I liked that. I was, you were like, this is our first song on the track after the meditation, yep. which is yep. kind yep. of a song. No, it definitely is, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. The intentionality there is cool. What's up with all the positivity? I don't think it's uh, something that's conscious. Uh, I think it's just been naturally what I've always gravitated towards or, or wanted. Uh, because when you go through like, so my idea is like writing and creating what what you want in the future. So like intentionally uh, doing something to bring the thing that, that you're wanting so bad. So it's not that I've always had like the best life and the most positive things happening. Um, if that was the case, then I really wouldn't have to write about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's more of a thing where this is what I'm striving for. This is what I want. This is what I want around me. These are the type of people I want to be around. This is what inspires me and pushes me. And so that part's intentional, you know? Yeah. Like manifesting, maybe. Manifesting. So yeah. Put it down on sure. paper, put, put it, it down, put it out into the world, yeah. use yeah. your vibrations of your vocal folds and it becomes reality i i believe in that so much and it also shapes your thoughts so the more you say positive things the more you start to think positive things which people often i think think it's the opposite right right i just need to fix my thoughts (laughs) fix my thoughts fix it's like no it doesn't work that way you can't control them well you can but it takes practice right sure and also i feel like if you have like i mean to 
to each his own. Everyone has a different thing. But like, I feel like if you have a platform and you have a way of being heard and spreading something, like, why not let that be positive? But it's got to be hard coming from somewhere like Philly, where you're surrounded by so much <laughs> darkness all the time. Philly's wild. Philly's like, Philly's amazing. You know what I mean? Like the the art all across the board, not even just music, just just art in general. Amazing. Uh, the communities are amazing, but there is that balance of of light and dark. Like like Philly has some very dark spaces. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's that same thing. Like uh, writing to hopefully send light, send light, send light. Um, but I mean, life is balanced, so there's always going to be this and that. But my aim is to to stay on on that. <laughs> grab, grab grab this. I want to know what you think. So this is Christine Elise. Yes. Right? Is is that your stage name? Yeah, it's my middle name. Elise is my middle name, so I kept it as Christine Elise. Yeah. Shout out to your folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strong work. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to search too hard. <laughs> Yes. What What do you think about the message? And I mean, is it is this something that you were also conscious of and wanted to, you know, to build? Or how how do you feel? You know, how do you think about the message of of positivity that you're spreading and kind of what your role is as an artist and mm. what you're trying to do with your art? Yeah. Um, before this project, I was a full time music therapist. And I never thought I would perform. Um, so I'm taking that world, a music therapy world, and kind of just shifting gears and bringing it into uh, community spaces, which is just a beautiful thing to be able to do because a lot of music therapy is like in a therapy room, like behind a door in a space where the everything is focused on an individual coming in for, for therapy. Um, and so this beautiful aspect is it could be just like sent out and whatever you hear, you hear like we're not telling anybody anything we're just presenting something we've been creating and like if a line resonates with you a different line might resonate with somebody else and therefore it's just kind of like bringing it and seeing what happens from there well the harp is absolutely a healing instrument i mean this is the instrument of the angels you listen to it you get it right away it's not Right. It doesn't take any kind of knowledge base to realize this is something spiritual, something yeah. that, you know, resonates on a higher vibration. The other thing that I connect with is this idea of medicalization of music. Mm -hmm. So music therapy is something that is prescribed. Okay. <laughs> My prescription is not going to cut it, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no piece of paper that's going to allow me to get what I need. The same thing happens with the hallucinogens now. So mm -hmm. we want to make psilocybin medicine, but how do you get it? Well, you strap yourself into a bed. They play you this set playlist. <laughs> they put the blindfold on you. Right. They give you the talk therapy. They're trying to take something which has been a human endeavor mm. something that's been a part of the human experience for millennia mm -hmm. and they're trying to prescribe it to medicalize it to make money off of it to capitalize it and in a way it's it's sort of uh, it corrupts i think um while it could be incredibly healing for people to get mm -hmm. music therapy. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about it. Let's do it, right? Let's give mm -hmm. it to everybody. But at the same time, I see how it can it can spoil, right? Mm -hmm. It can um it can introduce a kind of a negative or dark element of the financial side, which I don't think really I don't think we need it, right? We need, you know, it's common sense that that playing the somebody's old favorite song that has dementia 
playing them a song from the top 20 list when they were 13 is going to be good for them. Mm -hmm. That's just, I mean, that's obvious. We don't need a a research study to, to prove that. Yeah. Music is powerful. And I think the, what the world of music therapy has done is take those moments to the next level by being able to create that space of what happens when you do have that reaction. You know, like as a musician, um, a lot of us can facilitate that reaction, but then how do you like hold space and console and move forward and shed everything that's happened or just kind of once you open that Pandora's box, you know, to be able to navigate it with that person. And that's really the beauty of that next tier. You wow. Know. Wow. Beautiful. Do, yeah. do you all write music together? Mm-hmm. How does it work? Um, it works pretty equally, but different every time. Um, Koof has been making a lot of the production lately, and so recently it's been more that he'll create a track, and then we kind of both sit with that Um And he'll either start writing something or I'll start writing something. And sometimes we write things at the same time and then they actually are like go with the same topic without even realizing kind of happens in the car. And then it'll be like, do you got something? Uh, Do you got something? Do you got something? (laughs) I like the, the hooks for me. That's where it's really at, especially like chakra doctor. Incredible. Um, something mantra, uh, but the YouTube version doesn't have the hook throughout. It just has the verses. And then when you do it live, the hook is the biggest part of the song. It's crazy. It's like, so yeah, that's one thing. Like a lot of our live performance is just that like those a lot of those songs aren't recorded and if they are recorded they're old recordings or or they're not so we we had to recently make an album is called uh live vibe yeah. because so many people would be like i can't find that song where is it at? so so we went in and literally made we just recorded our set yeah. live, you know yeah. and and put that out um but yeah it's a different it's a different experience than listening to it on on you know the the radio the stereo whatever um and i don't know if it's something we purposely did but it just worked out that like we noticed certain songs move people in a different way and so live you want that movement and you want you know you want to interact with people and have them uh be fully invested in it so those are the songs that we like I think that's well that's exactly the right way to go about it. My next project will yeah. intentionally do that where right. you start from the live performance, you build it out with instruments that people respond to in a live setting. Yeah. Completely ignore the studio for the time being and once you have something that people are connecting with that you there can you tell yep. has a spark yep. behind it. Yep. Then you take that to the studio. Yep. Maybe somebody tells you they want to take you to a studio. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. don't even worry about it. Yeah, and also, like, as far as like getting good recordings of it, once you've played it a lot, then you go in and record it. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so much easier. But yeah, such a good point. Yeah, yeah I didn't is. think about that for sure. And knock it out. But maybe <laughs> the the thrill is sort of less you're less yeah, excited yeah. To yeah yeah because yeah put it course. down somehow when you first create you're like let me get it let me get it down, get it down. yeah I, yes 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. before i forget this is super important guilty simpson record man what the hell how did that happen it's like my favorite rapper in yo, the world yo detroit so random like so random so I lived in the Netherlands. So in like two, right. two, two, for like a couple of years, I lived out there and I got in with uh, a community of artists there. And one of them is this really dope producer. His name's Inf, I-N-F. Um, and so we did a lot of work there. 
Um, he did a cut on one of my albums, and we just stayed friends because he's like really good people. Aside from being like a good artist, he's just good people. And so he was working on a record, and he's like, "Hey, Koof, I have this record. I don't know if you'll like it or not, but do you want to put a verse on it?" And then he sent it, and I was like, <laughs> "You're like this beat gotta go." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" So we went in. And I'm like, I'll, I was like, I'll put a verse down and I'll have Christine lay a chorus if you like it. And he loved it. He loved the so, chorus. He's like, so, so cool. that's how that came together. I've never met Guilty Simpson. It was just one oh, of those wow. things. It was just one of those. You didn't collabs. have to go to Detroit. You didn't nope. have to do anything. Nope. It's just I went to, all happened in the ether. Yeah. I went to the studio we go to, Morningstar. Uh, and we just laid it, and then we sent the the files to Inf, who's in the Netherlands, and then crazy. Yeah. That shit scares me though sometimes because yeah. I'm such a perfectionist. Yeah, and, I mean, oh, I guess yeah. they'll send you how it sounds before they release yeah. it or anything. But, it's, but that's happened where yeah, sometimes they will. So he he did, but there has been times where you just yeah. That shit scares me too much because yep. I'll be like, just move it. Just two hairs. Just, yeah. Two little Yo. two little lamb hairs. Yep. To the left. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And um I don't think people care anymore though, really. Like a lot of the rap you can tell. It's, it's like it needed to be moved like a f- a lot. Yeah. <laughs> more than two hairs. Um yeah. So wow. <laughs> I think it was uh Dilla who used to talk about baby hairs. I was just rereading the Dan Charnas. He's like like two two baby hairs to the left or something. two baby hairs to the right. <laughs> I think that was him. I don't know. That might be that's him. hilarious. Um, he would get like less, you know, less and less involved with his own productions right. as he got sicker and sicker. And I think sometimes it was just like oh, yeah. you know he'd be like imagine. make a, make a yeah. comment here and there. Um, yeah, interesting. So so di- didn't get to meet Guilty Simpson. Did you get to like after the record came out? Did you get to nope. You it guys don't get one, to go tour just, together? It was just and, one of those things, like, very random, <laughs> and I was, like, very thankful for it. And Adam on Twitter? I mean, yeah. is he going to send you... Has he, has he posted it? Like, <laughs> It's such a great record, man. Yo, it is. It's, it's, it's a good record. It definitely is. The, um, the, the, so there's something about your style, especially on that song. It's sort of exemplified. I don't know if there's a name for it. But I think it's kind of a Philly thing because um, I was researching it today. Right. And apparently Freeway is known for this. Also Fonte and Little Brother. Right. Nope. It's the non-rhyming. Oh. You just said that. (laughs) It is so bad in the car. It's so cool. I fucking love it. I'm like, where does this come from? Is it a Philly thing? Like, do do you do it consciously? I... I mean, I don't know. I think it, I definitely, when I first started writing, I definitely focused on that. Like, like, so it's like, have you heard, what's the song, the tribe song, where Fife rhymes the whole time and his last word doesn't rhyme? He's like, uh. You've heard it so many times. Yeah, um. What song is it? Uh, anyway, his whole his whole rhyme, his whole verse is like yeah. he's saying something, and, and each four bars, you know what the next word is going to be. Then the last time you think you're going to say it, and you're like air, you, you say air, and he just says air. So it's like you know, and, and yeah, yeah. So it's like that that idea of like because because I'm not a I'm not a crazy bar rhymer i'm not so my thing is like i'm pretty basic you can tell what's coming so every now and then it's like uh throw them off you know what i mean <laughs> so that's just something i had because i wasn't like you know I, i'm not a battle rhymer i'm not a punchline i'm so i just was like all right i gotta create do something that's that's and but it's also like uh i think philly rhymers like if you if if you're an mc in philly there has to be something. I don't know, like what it is, but there has to be something that makes you uh, separate from from the because there's sure. so many MCs in Philly, and uh, aside from there being so many, like they're all good. 
<laughs> they're all really good MCs. Yeah. So so yeah. it's like if you want to be heard or make a dance or do something, there there has to be something about your style that's a little different, or or that catches the ear, does something. So yeah, try being an MC from the same town as Black Dot and just yeah, see what I, happens. Yeah. <laughs> It's like me being a rapper from Detroit, a white rapper from Detroit. Like, just quit. There's, there's no point. What are you talking yeah. about? Like, come on. Yo, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, no, like no way I was going to do it. Like... Are you kidding me? I liked rap. But um, the other thing that I think it almost alludes to a little is spoken word and the poetry scene. So, like, slam yeah, poetry sure. was something that I was involved with in Ann Arbor when I was, right. you know, coming up also. And yeah. I think that there's also a little bit of a prose or prosaic element to it when you right. when you skip a rhyme yeah for sure i think it's very poetic for sure is that something you've ever done or no nah never I got haven't. up and read i, I haven't or That's, tried i bet it'd nah. be dope <laughs> yeah. yeah or do That's like one next thing <laughs> do one song you know acapella just, just right. kind of because like i said it kind of has that element already so you, sure. you'd wonder how it would it would probably people would probably respond very yeah. well even if you didn't change a thing just, right right just, 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 no beat. just no beat we had to one time <laughs> we were in the the magic gardens magic gardens yeah oh yeah you're South right Street. you're right you're right i did i did yeah and then yep. when i sub- when i submitted that video oh, that right. video right. got put in the uh south some poetry magazine yeah, Oh, no. See, there you go. So maybe you should do it more. (laughs) One of the best hip-hop shows I ever saw, and this is actually, I'm really glad I went. You know, it was one of those, like, Wednesday night, Tuesday nights in Pittsburgh. Definitely had class in the morning. But I'm like, you know what? People under the stairs is here. I'm going. Like, I'm going to go. And, and yeah, like, Double K is dead. So no way I would, you know, that's my one shot. Right? You never know. You Mm -hmm. never know. But what I thought was really unbelievable about their performance is every single song was done in a different way. So, for example, like I just gave the example of how one would have been spoken word. Mm. The next one had um, the one like the they're both MCs. They can both DJ and they can both like drum out things on the turntable or on the beat pad or whatever. Mm -hmm. So each each song, they would just switch instruments. Uh. Like wow. one was DJing, the one would lay the cuts, the other one would rap, the other uh, the next one would lay the cuts, the next time the next guy would be programming the drums, the next one, you know what I mean? So yeah. every single one, and then next next time the guy one guy was dancing and yeah, yeah. whatever it was, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, um, very cool. So you still have the mic. What's your musical background? You said you you were a therapist, but when did you start playing the harp and singing and? Yeah. When did you become confident enough to go on a stage and <laughs> share your gifts with the world? What a cool thing. Yeah. Um, so I started with piano when I was seven, which was a long time ago. And I played a lot piano all the time. That was my thing to do. And um, I would accompany the middle school choir. And my choir teacher wanted to take up the harp. And she was like, you should take up the harp. Like, we should do it at the same time. And I was like, the harp? Who the heck plays the harp? And she was like, exactly. That's, that's why you should play it. Angels. Seraphim. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, right>. so, <laughs> so I actually, like, kind of reserved it for a creative outlet. And I did, I was trained classically, but, like, all through college, I practiced six hours a day on piano. I did performance piano. Um, but I saved harp to like improvise and play at these like live dance, not a static dance, but like, um, something called group motion. So it was like live music with dancers and they both influence each other. So that kind of also shaped the way that I play, that it's all improv based and pretty much listening uh and reacting um rather than uh the maybe i would say typical like classically classical box you know that harp is usually in yeah yeah and usually when i see it it's a bigger one 
Like yeah. when I sang in the in the boy choir and everything, the mm-hmm. the harpist that we played with it was like three times the size of your harp, maybe. Yeah. So that was probably was a, a pedal one. harp, and. They're easier to play in the sense where mm. you have pedals to just sharp and flat your notes, Whoa. which is like just happens like that, you know. But um, mine is a lever harp, and I have a few bigger ones at home than the one you saw today. Um, but this you is have a road to, harp. <laughs> yeah. You it's have like to, how people have different harmonicas. Yeah. <laughs> which people, which is called a harp, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Each note has a lever. And I have to put up a lever if I want to sharp each note. Um, And then you can't flat the notes. So then it keeps getting even more confusing. Then you have to... Well, you sharp the one below it. Yes, and then you lose that note. You know? so oh, so you yeah. can, it's gone. Yeah. It's sharped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, How'd you know that? Oh, to, to go underneath? Yeah. yeah, I'm also classically trained. I was singing with a boy choir. I actually just sent off a videotape to get digitized. I was singing with a boy choir of Ann Arbor when I was like seven, eight, nine, mm. getting paid. Wow. And then I went away with them and traveled, and I did um, sing for America and Minnesota oh, wow. and Minneapolis, which was yeah. with John Ritter and some other like big composers. Wow. I did. Um, there was this guy in um, Ann Arbor who did his PhD thesis, with, which was me singing. Wow. It was Ave Maria he composed, and there's no videotape. It doesn't exist. It's gone. Wow. I played violin. I sat like first chair violin, and then I played guitars and bass. I played bass in a pretty dope jazz band in high school. That's cool. Until I dropped out. um, But it was a really good jazz program. That school had a great jazz program. They just, they, the road to temptation existed. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I miss music a lot. I would love to get back into singing. I want. I re- what I really want, I think, is some kind of barbershop quartet, choir, acapella group. You know, something where I can just read music and sing. Mm-hmm. I've even said, like, if if nobody wants to start it, I'll start it. Yeah. Like. Yep. I'll sing national anthem at sporting <laughs> events. I don't care. I just want to get right, back out there. Sing. I I really miss it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you know the term, before you go, hang on. Yep. Do you know the term vocal fry? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You've heard of this? I have, but kind of backwards. Like, I, well, first of all, my music therapy voice was a lot different than this voice. Uh, tonally, you know, it was much more theatrical. It was projective. It was grasping attention to, you know, facilitate a classroom of, you know, students and stuff like that. So as I started recording at Morningstar, which he had mentioned, um, and I was working with Glenn, who is the engineer there, he would say, less fry, less fry, more fry, less fry. And I was like, I never, like, I never even heard my voice in headphones before this so it'd be like what is it what do you mean you know and uh but now you know about it so (laughs) i didn't realize it wasn't a thing that i was like i'm gonna try to do my vocal fry i kind of just came yeah it was a part of your of your sound Yeah. yeah it's a thing because there's all of these different speech elements that people have. And I've done a little bit of researching into them with the podcast because part of doing the podcast is fixing people. Mm. <laughs> and like different people have these little clicks and noises yeah. they make with their mouth. And one time I had a guest who was chewing gum the whole time. Oh, wow. And I was like, you know, just throw it in the trash. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> I was too embarrassed because it was one of my first guests, so I didn't tell him. Uh, climax, you motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. No, he had one of the best episodes. He told this right. wild fucking story about suing the um, Pittsburgh Police Station, or oh, Pittsburgh oh, Police wow. Department, the city of Pittsburgh, technically. Wow. Um, anyway, wow. yeah, he was like a cop who got thrown under the bus mm. during whatever. Um, so, so yeah, the fry is is one of the speech patterns that it's like it's associated with the what is it? 
it's very California, right? Like, I want to go get some groceries. <laughs> Maybe it's New Jersey. Is that what it is? I feel like people in New Jersey talk like that. <laughs> Gonna yeah, drive the car. The car. Yeah, yeah. It goes. It goes that place at the end or whatever. I don't know. There's there are podcasts that I've listened to or tried to listen to where they both of the hosts do that every time they they end a sentence oh you know what there is there call her, call her I, daddy or call her daddy or something yeah it's not a podcast but you know how people like so there's this one guy that does these videos where he finds things that are scary mm. and he records them mm. but then he drops every time <laughs> And he has this like way of like, and then they went through the door, and, and it's like, it's like his signature. He cries it out. Everything yeah. that made yeah. me think of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the right amount of fry is on the recorded. I would say the recorded songs have like the perfect amount of fry for me. Yeah, for me. Right, right, right. Um, Maybe live it was a little overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Two different beasts. Yes. <laughs> I like funny. the harp. For me, the best part that like the my favorite was harp and coof rapping. That's, mm. that's what I like. I mean, I like your singing, of course. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Especially on Gotta Go. The recorded voice is yeah, I mean, yeah. unbelievable. And it sounds amazing live too. Don't get me yes. wrong. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the harp is is like is angels talking. Mm. I'm like, can we just do this on every record, every song? Like let's <laughs> <laughs> so um you guys told the story about meeting in whole foods or something at the mm -hmm. on another podcast but can you elaborate briefly for sure um so i did a show for uh an organization christine was working with we didn't meet that night a few months later i was at the whole foods i walked to the whole foods to uh to grab some food it was just fruit right uh it was actually a vegan donut to be perfectly clear it was a vegan donut because are you, I are you crazy staying vegan no nah, i haven't i haven't been vegan in a while good um yeah i it was one of those things where like you know i mean 17 18 years of I mean, you couldn't know, stay, couldn't you, save Steve Jobs. Yeah, <laughs> you like we were on tour, and you know, I was just doing like I was strict. I was just doing juice. Like there it, was bouts when I would just do juice for two weeks. Yeah, but yeah, which is probably good because it was either that or eat Marcus's like chips. No way, right? Yeah, it's like miserable. Yeah, yeah, the way he tried, the way he treated us on the road. <laughs> Fuck that man! I love you, Marcus, bro, but that was unacceptable. <laughs> He had us sleeping on the floor, eating bags of chips. I'd be like, Marcus, what's for dinner, bro? <laughs> He's like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, where are we sleeping, Marcus? What do you mean? You got this, you, you got this carpet. They got carpet. It's like, whoa. It's like, come on, man. Like, no. And then and then he puts us in this little van. If you want to call it that, it wasn't a van. It was a it was a it wasn't a sedan, but it wasn't a van. It was an SUV. He's got this pianist with him. <laughs> Man, man only played 10 notes he could have brought a 25 key joint but he had to bring 88 because he's some kind of like master pianist i guess Yo, I and the case was that. an entire seat of the Holy back seat moly. so it was koof and i yep. in the back seat like this like and his this. and his best friend with the 88 keys gets to sit up front and koof and i are sitting in each other's laps two grown-ass men koof is the same damn height as me we're both six foot two 30 30 years old we got <laughs> i'm 200 pounds yeah marcus I forgot is up all front driving <laughs> wants more chips it's like who's like no we're stopping at the next whole foods yeah 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 we yep yep i was very very like serious you gotta about re-up on these nuts wow that was a time tour stories that was a time that was brutal that was the worst tour. Marcus and I got into like fisticuffs at the end. Yeah. He threw my I, uh, um, projector that. into the air, yep. <laughs> which still worked after that, but I ended ah. up selling, which I regret so much. <clears throat> Loved that uh, projector. Yeah, that projector. Yeah, but he, I didn't want to chip in on gas money after yep. having been treated like that. I remember this. And he, he's like, fuck you. Like, 
through my projector. It's like, I mean, I get it, Marcus. You're giving me a little bit of, like, you're you're helping my career a little, but this is also the fucking worst. <laughs> I don't feel like paying your damn gas money. Yo, wow. We went to all the way out to, like, Kentucky or something. Like yeah, it was Omaha, Nebraska for Omaha, that fucking... Nebraska. For that it's the only fucking, time I've been to Nebraska. It was for that music festival, Hullabaloo. I've told the story also about that one where I got too drunk and I couldn't play the CDJs and I ruined some kid's night because he was like, I came all the way here to see you rap what? or see you DJ. What? <laughs> and Marcus, we had done this show at, at like 1 p.m. I don't know if you remember, yeah. May 1 or 2 p.m. Yeah. It was like 20 people. Right. Max. Right. And I'm like, well, f- like this is unacceptable. I just drove to <laughs> Omaha and spent... <laughs> two weeks for 20 people at this music festival like no i'm gonna get i'm gonna drink this whole bottle of jack and we'll see what happens right right and i mean i was a different person back then i was very you know i was angry at a lot of things but right, right. um i think marcus and i have have forgiven each other for the most part we've never really hashed it out um yeah. T- time heals it <laughs> <laughs> we'll see <laughs> but I appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. It's yeah, no, nah, man. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> so it was a Philly connection then, I guess. Yep. And yep. you're living in Jersey now? Yeah, I'm in Asbury Park. But really mostly on the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Recording and... Exactly. On, on the road, and, and when we're not on the road, we aim to get in the studio as much as possible. I love the studio. It's like, it's a way different beast than live, but I love them both, but I, there's something about the studio. The beats sound amazing, man. Thank you. You've been Thank you. yeah, really you perfecting that craft. Getting it in. What, uh, mm-hmm. What's your process there? Is it Ableton? No, I use a very simple, like, uh, joint that I got offline. It's called BandLab. Oh, word? Yeah. People are about to, you're yeah. about to help the world right now. <laughs> Band lab. Yeah, for real. And it was one of those things that like COVID happened. We were, we couldn't be on the road. I was in front of the computer every day, all day. So I really like dove deep into it. Band lab. And before that, you were never an Ableton person. You were never a Fruity Loops nah. person. Never. Nope. I've always wanted to to create beats. So like on our albums, we'd have other producers produce it. And then yeah. I'd be like, oh, I hear this here. I'll call my friend Logan, who plays keys, and be like, yo, can you put that there? Because I couldn't play anything. Um, and if it were drums, we add it. We get Arjun to add. So like I would, I would hear it and put it together, but not physically. I'd call other people and have them do it so this time allowed me to like figure it out and christine's an amazing musician so she's like teaching me this and that i'm like putting things together she's like now they're two different like that's that's c and that's D. she's like and i'm like oh all right all right so wait they have to be the same key and then, and then like yeah it just was a thing that i wanted to do and she's talented and helped me and yeah so have you been adding live instruments in there at all, or is it mostly all? Uh, oh, yeah, we like, have. We have um, horn players, uh, flute, uh, violin. Yeah, yeah. Sex. Cello. <laughs> yeah. Studio's expensive, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've been we've been blessed to work with the same person for like five, six years, five years now, because we've been a group for five years. So for about four of those years, we've been working with the same engineer, and and yeah, it just it works out. So, yeah. how do you manage the road thing? How do you manage your career? Like, do you have yeah. people representing you all? And no, I, I mean, mean I, that, I note that I didn't have to talk to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go talk to my people. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, right. We go back, so I don't know. Yeah, nah. You know, uh, we both work off of each other's strengths, like if. I've been doing music for a long time. So so the ins and outs of booking and, and reaching out and stuff like that, um, I I focus on that. Christine is very good with like planning and detail, very detail oriented. So creating the 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 route we take, reaching out to different uh places that, that we we need to stay or go, like all of that, um Christine takes care of and then yeah so it's just like a team we're a team and yeah uh, 
eventually or as soon if, if there's any like great managers watching this or hearing this or listening, you know. Uh, but yeah, like the aim is to get on a, more than anything, get on a, with a booking agency. Mm. Is there one that does like a similar circuit to what you're doing that would, that would be a good fit or there's a few, I guess. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. There, there are a few out there. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. Asheville, you're sort of Eastern seaboard, right? Asheville, Charleston, Wilmington, Philly, New York, DC. Yeah. Back to Pittsburgh. And yeah. And then, so we do like, like Vermont. Um, what is it? Like, like, Portland, Maine, like Ooh, up, nice. up up that way, yeah, and then like Canada, we love Canada, and then Ooh, cool. we every year we go to Alaska for a month, and that's that's been amazing. How what's the story there? <laughs> Are you guys working like on a uh, king crab <laughs> yeah, fishery right, or something? Right, you could probably pay for the whole rest of the year. Yo, for real, <laughs> most for dangerous real. catch. Yeah, for real. Um. <laughs> Like for 2018, mm-hmm. um, it was actually the funny thing is it was through a connection here in Pittsburgh. Mm. So there was this guy Kevin Kevin Worrell um, in Alaska. He has this event called um, in the parlor in the rounds, and it's this crazy uh, event where there's three different artists, and it's pretty much an improv show so you have to create with these other artists on stage you have to do songs you have to do it like there's this whole big thing there's a formula yeah so he was looking for someone to bring up there who wasn't like a singer songwriter or something like someone who was like poetry or mc or something so I knew this guy that lives in Pittsburgh that I went and did a session with. He used to have this thing called Yellow Yellow Couch Sessions. Mm. I did a session with him, and we stayed friends. When Kevin contacted him, he wrote me, he's like, it's going to sound crazy, but I have someone who's looking to bring, you know, an artist out to Alaska. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You have to take a seaplane? What? Alaska? So, long story short, he booked us. He brought us out there. He put together a tour for us. He's like, if you're coming to Alaska, you got to do more than one show. So he literally, like, helped put together this whole tour for us. Wow. And and the the amazing thing about up there was, like, all the venues kind of were working with each other. Like, they're like, hey, we have someone coming up. We'll give him a show here. Can you give him a... I know. I'm like, what? That's dope. That's beautiful. That's yeah. how it should work. Um, yeah. It's a real community. It is. And so we did that. And then every year since then, we've went back and booked booked it on our own and, and booked more and more. And now we're up to being there for like a month. It started out as like five, six days. And now we, we go for a whole month. And it's like, Alaska's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> in the summer. First one was in the middle of the winter when it was... Below and dark. No, no sun. No, no sun. sun. <laughs> like little like. <laughs> <laughs> it just pops up, just like to say goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. dusk. Yeah. Is the only sun, you know. Mhm. Yeah, I think maybe. I mean, it's interesting that you're doing that, but not living in the west coast right i mean i guess if you were more like portland mm-hmm. seattle mm-hmm. bc whatever even norcal or something yep. it would be yep. it would make a lot of It'd sense be, to me yep but that's a it's a long hike it's it definitely is so i guess it's yeah. if it's worth it it's worth it it is it's it's beautiful and this year we did our first we did hawaii for a week actually where all the wildfires are right now you're like, in lahaina we were, or we were maui, maui or whatever yeah yep. wild yeah. Yeah. What a crazy, crazy yo, story. Insane. Listening to these insane. people talking about how they had to jump in the ocean to survive, yo, yo. leave all their stuff behind, run as fast as they could, and just sprint and dive yo, into the water. That's harrowing. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't make yeah. it. Yeah. It's been warning. It's... The government had been warning for years about all the fire risks. Wow. And then this was the perfect storm. Wow. High intensity winds coming yeah. from the upland. Yeah. Coming from the north and driving all of this dry, arid 
air into this fire, just fueling it. I think about how, (laughs) you know, yes, we are very powerful and we can make really make a difference and it's great, but like, we're also pretty small. Tiny. And when, you know, God wants to, (laughs) it's going to be a wrap. The earth is going to keep on rocking, I think. You know, a lot of people think that we're this, you know, plague and we're just destroying the planet and it's just you know we're we're gonna wipe it away with all of our toxins and pollutants and i think the more you travel the more you realize this is a big big planet it's huge and you know someday it might be done with us might be time for the next thing yeah you can't (laughs) the age of you know yeah the, the next animal universe you can't yeah you can't control anything yeah, <laughs> uh, scary. So, um, but I guess we're gonna keep our power tonight, so that's good. We had a pretty wild. That was a pretty crazy thunderstorm. Yeah, right. You guys were out popping tires and yeah, yeah. <laughs> part all part of the road. <laughs> what about the wax Taylor joint? Oh, wax. Oh, yeah. That that was random too. Um, we became friends on Instagram. Uh. We became friends. Like he's uh, again, like like Imp. He's just good people, good people. And so we we built a friendship. And then uh, he's like, I'm working on this track. Might you be interested in? It's like send it to me. I heard it. I'm like, all right, yeah. Wrote to it. Um, he put it out. Uh, it did well. And he's like, I'm thinking of doing a U.S. tour. Would you? I know you guys perform a lot. Would you be available for a month? It was a twenty-show tour around the U.S. Um, and so, yeah, we ended up doing that with them, um, and that was amazing. So, like, we tour, we tour often, um, but but our touring looks a lot different than his touring. Um, we usually focus on small towns, communities, you know. 300 and less venues, you know, capacity 300. Right. So uh, every venue he did was at least like, what, 700 to 1,500. So it was like, and it was all big cities. So it was like, it, it was a really dope experience. It went, it was moving fast. There was literally five flights within like 10 days in part of that. Wow. Wow. So yeah, it it moved really fast, but it was amazing. Would you rather be doing that? Um, I I would. So ideally, the 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 best scenario would be a mix of of the two. Yeah, um, have a couple big ones in the big towns, yeah, and then be yeah. able to pop out to Nashville yeah. and yeah, you know, exactly Nashville to fifteen hundred, Asheville to three hundred. There you go, and keep it moving. Yeah, because there's something like there's something really special about intimate shows, mm-hmm. like like feeling the energy of being so close to the audience, and like really, it feels like community. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the bigger venues, you're you're up higher, you're very separated, and it's kind of hard to feel that like that intimate energy or that direct energy. But also as an artist, you want to play in front of as many people as possible. So, you know what I mean? It's sure. like, and and that gets you hype. You're like, all oh, these people out there. So, you know, I guess it, yeah, a mix of the, the two would be ideal. Did you ever work a regular job? I did. I, I, I always, I, I, I pumped gas. <laughs> I sold candy. I worked in a place called Mr. Bulky's. Um, I worked at Old Navy. Um, I actually, Old Navy is, is what pushed me directly to, to do full-time music. Um, I remember very vividly, I was folding a shirt and someone came over and asked me like where the khakis were or something. And I'm like, all right. I put the shirt down. I went into the locker room and grabbed my book bag and walked out the door. I didn't say anything to anyone. <laughs> still haven't gone back and said anything. That man's still looking but, for them khakis. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, because it hit me, I'm like, why 
why is this guy asking me for khaki? Why am I why am I here showing him where the khakis are when this doesn't mean anything to me? Like the only thing that makes me happy or motivates me is doing music. So why am I not putting this energy into that? And and from that day on it was like and and there were plenty like I didn't quit my job and then all of a sudden like come into to music and get money like it was definitely a bad financial decision a hundred percent but i felt good and i was i was moving forward in something that i loved there's things so, more important than money yeah a lot of things very very true and you realized you were called to something higher a hundred percent you realized that you're here for a reason that there's a purpose Indeed. And that you have a gift. Yeah. That it's yeah, for sure. It it's incumbent upon you to share it with the world. And that if you don't, yeah. Then you know the what was you? <laughs> what was us? But what was you too? So mm-hmm. um I used to mop the floor at the Starbucks. Yeah. Um down on Forbes Avenue in Oakland when I was in college until right. I found music, until I started DJing. I mean I obviously yep. I had plenty of music, but I wasn't I, it was never a career option. And um, it would be the end of the night, 10 p.m., whatever, whenever we were closing up, they'd be playing uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, <laughs> Don't think twice. It's all right. Um, and uh, ain't no use to sit and wonder why, babe. If you don't know by now. And I'd be, like, just weeping, thinking about my mom dying someday and, yeah. like, thinking about how I was spending my time, spending my life. Yeah. Those jobs, you know, the menial labor, I get it. You know, there's plenty of people out there that that can do it and you know, God bless them. Thank God for them. I think it's awesome, you know, obviously we need we need people to do every, all, all kinds Everything. of jobs that are um a grind. Mm-hmm. But I have to you know, send out a lot of respect and admiration and love for them because that was really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. like doing that every night and mm-hmm fuck why is why am i doing this right now Mm -hmm. i need to do something where i can completely erase my thoughts right get get completely involved in something yeah where i can you know when i'm when i'm at work doing medicine when i'm a neurologist there's no time to think about my own life or to think about what's going on at home or to think about how i feel or anything like that it's you know one one problem at a time, trying to figure out what it could be and how I can yeah. help them. Yeah. And then on to the next one. Turn the page. Yeah. Turn the page. Yeah. So Indeed. Uh, thank God for that. Yeah. I've been very, very, very blessed. Yeah. To get away from Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And now you have a family. I it's been years. Like when I knew you, you didn't it was yeah, yeah, Playboy tips. I was just, I was just that dude. There you just go. Out there, just that dude out there. No, no, life up, life up. Time, yeah. Hey, yeah, it's been awesome. Up. It's been the best. Indeed. Yeah. Are you, are you each other's family? Um, we're, we're creators. Uh, you know the PIC partners in crime. We're partners in creation. You know what I mean. <laughs> And and like we're we're each other's best friend. We inspire and and lift each other up, and that's that's how we operate. Indeed. <laughs> What's the mission? <laughs> Is it like the Blues Brothers? What's the mission? <laughs> mission from God. We're on a mission now. We're we're both so driven in our music, and it's just so hard to find somebody else that would be so compatible and have so much passion to put into one thing to actually accelerate it to make it spread wide. And so, um, it's really a blessing to to be able to work with someone that is as motivated as you and like really life driven to do that, you know? Absolutely. I think that's what most people are looking for in a partnership, even if they don't acknowledge it, right? That's Mm -hmm. really what most people want from a partnership is somebody who shares their ideals, their goals, Mm -hmm. somebody who connects with them and they can, they can align, 
right? Mm-hmm. Their their mission aligns with. That's really what it's about. I think ultimately, a lot of the, you know, um, uh, pre-marriage counseling, premarital counseling stuff that you do is is about that, right? How can you align your your goals and incentives and make sure that you're both on the same track? Mm-hmm. So, what is the goal? I mean, what is it? What's the what is ideal? You were kind of talking about. Um, playing bigger shows, but also you don't really necessarily want to, but you're talking about getting a booking agent. Do you want to get a label, a, a, some a recording time paid for and a, a, a big album together? Is it, you know, what's the, what's so the goal? I think, I think uh, one of the goals is to, is to literally travel the world um, on behalf of music. Um, another goal we have, we have, separate goals in in I wanna ultimately I'd like to create a space that's I say like a community center but not a community center. You know what I mean? Is it World Cafe Live kind of inspired? Right? Well, Wasn't that one of the spots in Philly? Yeah that was. That's a dope spot. Um so it would be uh, a place for creatives. Um also a place of like uh where we could offer any knowledge that we have to someone, say if it's an artist starting out and they want to learn about touring, or they want to learn about production or this and, you know, something like that. Um, and also have a space where there's a small stage for shows. And so ideally, that's what, what I like. We had create. one of those in Ann Arbor when I was growing up called the Neutral Zone. Oh, wow. The Neutral Zone is our mutual home. It's right. a community <laughs> yeah, center where we used to go to see shows. It was a lot of ska at the time. Was, right, you know, right. I can imagine. Uh, 99, 2000, yeah. 2001, yeah. around then. And it was, so it was a lot of ska and, um, um, you know, getting into trouble yeah. at the neutral zone. There you go. But there was also a recording happening. The um, One of the engineers there was a guy named Jackson. Right. And Jackson knew a rapper who was um, a white guy, part of a crew called the Ghostbusters. Right. As a rapper, <laughs> he was pretty average, but he had these little tapes. They were like soul tapes where he would pretend to do Motown. Oh, wow. And um, Jackson heard the records, and he said, this is incredible. Right. We're going to record this. It was Mayor Hawthorne. What? No way. That's pretty crazy. Oh, wow. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, so he was a rapper. A corny rapper, <laughs> like the worst. The fucking worst. Yeah, we used to make fun of him. <laughs> like, God, he had pipes. Like, nobody knew. Right. It was a total joke. Like the whole that's thing was a total wild. joke. Yeah, that's really wild. Oh. Wow. So yeah, those th- that that's that's my goal, and that's and awesome. to like yeah, link up with a a booking agent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I concur. <laughs> um, I feel like, and to get to that goal of having a center is finding out over time where that center is going to be. Um, And that would include creating this ripple effect to going to all of these places to bring music. Um, Our goal right now is bringing our music to places that may not have uh, the genre may not have ever seen a harp be played before, may not have venues in their town. Um, so that's an exciting part that I cherish of the mission is to bring music to places that don't have as much access to creative arts, to creative programming. Um, so we've designed a nonprofit called Higher Grounds Music, and that's building um, and going to really start blossoming next year, but it's starting to blossom. Amazing. Yeah. So the two things I think about, one is when you talk about taking this on the road or trying to find the ideal place for it, maybe. So there's two things I think about. One is, could it be a virtual project? So can this be, like you said, uh, everywhere, you know, you're trying to find the perfect place for it. What if it was in the virtual reality space where people can just 
show up wherever they are, whether in Africa, Asia, the Middle East. They can just pop in and you can help them with whatever their project is. You can listen to their music. You can meet them, you know, in, in their own living room and kind of connect with them. So that's one idea. And then the other would be possibly to springboard off of that would be to take it on the road, actually take it on the road, have a bus that you convert into your performance space. And this is something that I've talked about a lot on the podcast because it's something I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, something I've seen at a few different music festivals, but basically you have a converted school bus or similar. You have a performance space on the roof and you have some yoga space, maybe like a shala. You have a space for uh, food so you can have your your like cuisine or your like food truck area. You have your space for lodging and for your recording studio and you can take it to little music festivals or you can take it around the country to wherever you want to go that's cool (laughs) my dad um used to work for a large school bus company and so he actually did convert a school bus uh into a recording studio and um donated it donated it to Asbury Park Music Foundation. So they bring it to schools in that area and have uh, recording workshops and and kind of allow students to see what it's like to do that. And it's a mobile thing. So it's a good idea. I love it. But you you all are not necessarily traveling by bus or by... Even by car, sometimes you just get in an airplane and you you each you don't need much. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can perform with a microphone and you have like a little mixing board. And yeah, and so everything, yeah, pretty much we pack everything in one suitcase. And we had to figure that out from that tour with, with Wax because it was moving so fast. We're like, we got to be super efficient and 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 travel as light as possible, so we can fit everything into one suitcase. Don't you think that if you built it out into like the size of a Sprinter van or something like that, oh, that yeah. you could create something like a little oh, yeah. more compelling oh, musically, yeah. some instruments, some djembes, maybe a little, uh, a little tambourine. I go. don't know. There I don't know go. what you got there room you for, go. but <laughs> when you make space for these things, no, I feel like sure. they sure. add they flavor, they, they add do. color, right? They definitely do. Yeah. A lot of times. Uh, so, over the past month or two, uh, we've been having, uh, we always have uh, some people sit in, but we've consistently been having a guitarist sit in with us, and it's really beautiful. Like, like he's, an, he's a guitarist that listens and, and fills in little areas. Like, he doesn't play a lot. It's just, like, super tasteful. And, like, yeah. So, like, yeah, we love bringing instruments in we have a flute flute player that sometimes sits in it's those like sounds those those sounds that like add but don't take over or don't crowd yeah leave space how about yeah drums and a bass player we've 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 done that definitely uh so on bigger so before when we've done bigger festivals we we would have uh, two people sit in with us, a drummer and then a keyboardist who plays bass as well. And they're their own group called Trap Rabbit. Who oh, was, yeah, yeah. Who I've seen sick. Marcus yeah. do stuff with them. Yeah, so they would... They Very would, solid. Yo, really solid. <laughs> so when, when, when they're not on the road touring and we're not, when we can get together... Um, the first or second tour we did in Alaska, we brought them with us. Oh, and, cool. And that was the band. It's really sick. dope. Yeah, they're they're man, they're amazing musicians. Why not make the super group, right? Like yeah. come up with the name, Hoops the rapper, <laughs> Christine's the singer. Yeah, that's 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 Trap that's, Rabbits the bass and drums, right? I mean, what's the problem? Yeah, that's down the line. Definitely. We well, just need a well, single. Arjun, I mean, we need a Arjun, single and a name. Arjun, the drummer, yeah, was just he just did a tour with um FKJ. Oh, dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah French Kiwi drum. Juice. Yeah, really dope. And Logan is the keyboardist in Lauren Hill's band. So they're Lauren they're Hill stay- still performing. Yeah, she's out performing. So they're really? they're staying busy. They're staying busy. They're staying busy. Hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, you could call it um, Coof Rabbit. Coof Rabbit. <laughs> Coof Rabbit. <laughs> trap Knots. Tricks are for kids. <laughs> <laughs> I like Trap Knots. Trap Knots. That's it. Trap Knots. <laughs> Hey, Logan and Arjun, if you're listening, let's put this together. Trap knots. <laughs> Anything you want to tell people? I thought maybe we keep it a little short. Yeah. Um, go put my kid to bed. Please do check out the new album coming out soon. Hypnagogia. Ooh, dope. Whoa. That's a kind of a, neuro- a neurology name. Yeah. Hang on. Hypnagogia. Yeah, it's the state you're in between... Like when you first fall asleep in in, in deep sleep, uh, it's that space right there, like three minutes into your sleep, where you have those visuals, those yeah, hypnagogic po- uh, hallucinations, yep. mm-hmm. and there's hypnopompic hallucinations when you wake up. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I haven't heard. Uh, that. You can remember it because pomp and circumstance wakes you up when you're on your way into the uh, performance or something. You know? I don't know. That's what I used. Nice. Sometimes they don't even make nice. sense. You just remember them at to remember them. Right, right. The, um, wow. Yeah. That's what's nice. up. I, I like that name. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Neurology. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do so it. Some people don't get that because they have narcolepsy and so they instantly go to REM sleep. It's oh. like they're exhausted all the time. That's why they can just instantly be out, be in wow. a state of REM. That's interesting. Um, so they don't get that kind of trans- smooth transition. Yeah. Wow. Download now. <laughs> Download now. Pre, it's on pre-sale. Oh, dope. Pre-sale yeah. on yeah. Bandcamp? Um, website. website. On the website, koofnots.com. Go to the website. <laughs> check out Koof. Koof has a IG, too. We were just at the show today, so you <laughs> yes, can yes. follow both of them on IG. <laughs> And support the movement, underground music. Yes, this shit matters. It. it matters. It yeah. Matters. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Man. Thank you so it's much for coming. Really appreciate it.